Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Still in Chicago? Still in Snaresbrook. Yeah. Um, here's, here's, here's one for you. So my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron, mm-hmm. was staying under her roof. And, I, you know, I don't like the principle of my house, my rules, but I respect it. Okay. You know what I mean? You're under somebody else's roof, you, you do what they want. Yeah, fair enough. Basically, and I think that's how it should be, even though, you know, that can vary wildly depending on what the rules of the the roof holder are. So she says the other day, um, do, you, do you mind if my best friend Alice pops round to see you? She really wants to see you and Sarah uh, and she really wants to see Eugene. Do you mind if she pops round? It'll only be 18 minutes. 18 minutes? Yeah, which okay. thought was a weird, weirdly specific yeah. amount. Yeah, it is. But, but here's what I think. I think, your friend Alice is very nice. I, I don't need to see her, though. <laughs> so did you say no? No, no, I'm just saying, just saying my thought process. Oh, We've right, already right, established. Right. Yeah, yeah, We've already established that mm. my, my guiding principle is your, your house, your rules. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking, like, why does she want to see me? Hmm. Like it's not like I'm I'm that great or anything. Oh. It's also not like you were friends when Sarah was growing up, so she's known her as anything other than a, an adult who she sees sporadically. Mm-hmm. And I think my son is the cutest thing on earth, but there's no reason for anybody else to think that. Like, so uh, instantly I'm suspicious of her motives that she would want to see two adults she barely knows and have a look at a child. Right. Okay. So it seems strange to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got friends with grown-up children who you know no longer live in london who who i barely know and for for me to say to my friend oh when is your grown-up son going to be in town i'd love to come and have a just love to come and have a catch-up that, that is weird that is weird to me yeah it does i've not had like a lifelong relationship with this kid it's, mm. it's weird to me mm. but your house your rules i you know I, i'm painted into a corner of course i'm going to say yes i don't mind at all yeah so so this uh, this lady comes over. Now, as it happens, I'm in the loo when she arrives. So I think I'm just going to 
sit for the first few minutes in the loo because 18 seems excessive i think i'm a very good 12 minute social interaction i think that's that's me at my best (laughs) okay but i also know in my heart of hearts that it's not going to be 18 minutes because who goes around someone's house for such a small amount of time Mm -hmm. i think your bare minimum is usually 45 okay so what i do in order to just be able to say i told you so to my mother-in-law after after this Alice is gone, as I hear her arrive at the door, I set a timer on my phone. Oh, great. Yeah. For 18 minutes. Okay. And then I think, oh, when I feel it go off, I'll then set a stopwatch going so I can see how much the overrun is by. <laughs> and then say to my mother-in-law, look, you said she was coming for 18 minutes, just so you know, it was, it was more like 49. Okay, great. I love this. Yeah. Right. So I sit on the loo for a few minutes just and, and then, then then come out and start interacting with this Alice, who, by the way, you know, is nothing other than lovely. Good, okay, yeah. At the 18-minute mark, yeah. my phone goes off, the alarm goes off on my phone. Right. Right? Yeah. Because I've set it as a timer and it's not on silence, so yeah. an alarm goes off. Yeah. Guess what this Alice says? She doesn't. She says, oh, is that my 18 minutes up? She doesn't. Yes. And what do you say? So I just get really flustered and go, no, no, it was just an alarm. I said, it was, it's an old alarm. It's an old <laughs> alarm that had just gone off. I must have set it days ago and it's <gasps> just going off. I didn't know that she knew about the 18. I thought the 18 minutes was some kind of construction of my mother-in-law's that I would be able to, you know, use... use Used to my advantage after Alice had left. Wow! And then, and then, how was it after that? Was it did she did she then leave? Yeah, to be fair to her, I mean, not at eighteen minutes. I'd say she was certainly gone by twenty five though. Really? And, so it kind and of maybe worked. if my alarm, maybe if she hadn't seen, because I don't think I'm a good liar. I yeah, wonder if yeah. she just looked at my face and and intuited exactly what was going on. But I was mortified. I was oh, absolutely no, no. mortified. But I do think all social interactions would be better if, just if you had a very clear idea about how long they're going to last. Then you can really make the most of it as well. Like, you know, cut out the small talk, get to it. Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, that's not to say they have to last that long. So if I said to you, I'm coming to your house for 18 minutes, Mm. if we both felt at at 13, Mm -mm. we were over and done with, I'd say, look, I'm going to leave now. Great. I mean, but I just think under no... Under no, is that Rusty? Yeah, he's barking. Sorry, what's he? What's he barking at? I think because in, agree, in agreement. I think you know, he just he just thinks the eighteen minutes is a really good idea. Yeah. Time now to hear what awful things have been happening socially to the drifters. Annabelle. Bethan in Liverpool. It was about 12 years ago and still makes me cringe. I had driven from Liverpool to Leeds to pick up my friend and she told me to stop anywhere in the city centre, find a bar and she'd meet me there, which is exactly what I did. I pulled up outside the first bar I saw and rushed inside as I was desperate for a wee. The bar was very busy, and as I made for the ladies, a man who was sat at the bar aggressively shouted at me, Toilets are for customers only! I was startled. I walked back to the bar and explained, Oh, I am going to get a drink. I'm just going to use the loo first. 
He wasn't convinced and said I had to buy a drink first, but there was no one behind the bar. As he seemed so invested, I assumed he must work there. So I said, no problem. Do you work here? In the hope that he could... Can you hear him barking? Oh, God, Rusty, so yeah, I can hear him, but I, I think, if anything, it's adding to the story. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. As he seemed so invested, I assumed he must work there. So I said, no problem. Do you work here? In the hope that he could serve me so I could go for my desperately needed wean. He looked outraged and replied incredulously, do I work here? I'm the manager. At which point, I kid you not, everyone in the bar did a kind of panto style, as if I'd just asked him if he was a war criminal. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, could I buy a lemonade, please? He huffily went to the bar, served me my drink whilst glaring at me. I drank a little and feeling so incredibly uncomfortable, decided to try and smooth things over, even though I didn't know what I'd done wrong. I'm really sorry if I offended you before, I said timidly. At which point he shouted in my face, right, that's it, I've had it with you, get out, you're barred. And everyone did the woo again. I was mortified. I'd never been barred from anywhere before, much less for apologising to someone. I ran out and and waited in my car, which was parked right outside. Everyone in the bar stared at me until my friend arrived, at which point we sped off to another bar so I could finally have a wee. Amazingly, I hadn't wet myself while they were shouting at me, but it was close. Obviously, I've struggled to use toilets without buying something first ever since. That's unbelievable. I know, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm terrified of going into any bar in Leeds now in case I stumble into that one. Although, as, as, uh, as we learned, that is quite the thing to be barred for. Is that your son Rudy up in the background as well now? Yeah, they've just come home and he's like outraged that he can't come in the room. Right, right, right. I'm enjoying the uh, added ambiance <laughs> of dog and baby. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe uh, your lover Tom can come and spit on you to give us a full experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yep. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Yes. From Her Excellency Lucy Waring. About 20 minutes ago, while on the phone to a supplier who's been in my company's industry much longer than I have, she gushed about having worked with my company for nearly 30 years. I assume she was right and said, oh, just before I joined, I think we had our 25th anniversary party. It seemed to fit. When I put the phone down, I made an attempt at casual chit chat. I'm very used to my colleagues and they are to me. I engage in chit chat perhaps more than often than is driftery. I said so-and-so was just gushing about how long she's worked with Criteria. My colleague gave a small polite laugh and said, it was our 21st right before you joined, by the way. I'm not sure why I felt so humiliated. I'm sure he's already forgotten. I wasn't at the party or even the company. Also, I thought people had 21st birthdays. Companies and marriages celebrate multiples of 10 or 25. I assume my company have followed these rules. Is this right or is this a rule I made up myself at this point? Either way, I felt like a fool. And so to dispel tension, on seeing another colleague passing with a white shirt on a hanger, I said, ooh, going somewhere fancy, like I was his great aunt or something. I'm going to awake, he said. I will keep my mouth shut for the rest of the afternoon for fear that I might say the word unlucky. (laughs) And this last one is from Adam. In the Arndale Centre, in the Arndale Centre, Manchester, a lady approached me. She was working to promote a product. She handed me an item on a piece of cardboard. Without really looking at or asking any questions, I put it in my pocket. As I went about my day in the centre, I decided to open the item I was handed, thinking it was a yogurt drink. 
Shortly afterwards, I started to realise that I hadn't been handed a free yoghurt drink. It was, in fact, a free promotional fabric conditioner in a colourful bottle, which i just taken a big swig of. I immediately rushed to a shop to purchase water, but this only made my situation worse. I went straight to customer service for first aid and explained what had happened. The staff were laughing to themselves, clearly struggling to stop giggling. (laughs) I was struggling now and just managed to make it to the drop-in centre. Having explained and being looked at strangely by the medical professional helping me, I was given something to sort out what I consumed. The moral I later learnt was, read everything, ask questions, be curious. Please send us your stories of social ineptitude. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. Part 45. How I live in fear of seeming up myself. (laughs) Now, I don't drink normal tea or coffee. I'm going to say something now that will annoy you, Jeff. I'm so caffeine sensitive that I get a buzz off of decaf coffee. How annoyed yeah, are you now not, not out of 10? How, not, not real. how irritated are you by me out of 10 now? That's a nine-ish, <laughs> maybe a bit more. Yeah, It's a fact. No, it's not a fact. Okay, moving on. Because I'm so... No, here's the thing. Nothing biological is happening, but something psychological I will accept is happening with you. Okay. But But you you understand that's what's happening. It's not the effect that the decaf coffee is having on you. It's that it's triggering memories of what drinking caffeine is is like. I did look it up and there is something, there are still some chemicals that can be stimulating... But you used to drink proper coffee all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, there's nowhere near that kind of buzz. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, no, what okay. I'm going to do is I'm going to say I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so caffeine sensitive, normal tea and coffee make me very anxious. I did go through a phase of drinking coffee in my 30s. And every time I drank it, it had such an effect on me that I couldn't understand why it's socially acceptable to have it first thing in the morning or with your parents or your boss. Like, surely this is no different to doing a class A drug. but every high has its low so i avoid caffeine now but this does make me feel very other if i go to someone's house for the first time they'll always ask do you want tea or coffee and no matter who they are i can't ask do you have any herbal tea and not also want to die (laughs) i feel like i'm saying oh okay thanks for offering but i'm actually better than you so can i have a herbal tea so embarrassed like most people do actually have a herbal tea of some kind even if it's just chamomile which is always the most disappointing answer because like, herbal teas they're, they're really mainstream now although i am still 100 percent sure that my dad has never drunk one but i think in our age group and younger it's normal now isn't it yes i think so but i completely relate to what you're saying okay it's not so bad when i'm having a hot drink out because i'll order a decaf coffee and deal with the consequences later the crashing low i'll get from the massive decaf high although even asking for decaf makes me feel like a jerk i went lactose free for a bit when i was breastfeeding and i used to order a decaf coffee with coconut milk and there is not a barista within a one mile radius of my house who doesn't despise me like i'm sure of it i'm 100 percent sure they made it while thinking what's the point what is the point in this 
quite often in a play group that I go to with my son, you get offered a free tea or coffee. And quite often I would like a hot drink, even, you know, especially now it's cold. But because I can't see where they make it and therefore can't see with my eyes if they have a herbal option, I always say no for fear of what they think of me asking for a herbal. I could just go without. <laughs> I go thirsty because I can't bring myself to say, oh, I don't suppose you have herbal, do you? I just feel like it's no different to me saying, oh, yes, please. Can I have um, a Silver Tips Imperial Tea with two millilitres of Asses milk and three grams of Manuka honey? It feels the same to me as saying, have you got peppermint? Not that I'd ever ask for Silver Tips Imperial Tea because it's got about 40 milligrams of caffeine per cup. I'd be up all night. tell you that about three weeks before Christmas I broke my glasses you did yes and you know it was just this awful experience because the the glasses were hideously expensive to replace because the frames were reasonably expensive then the 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 lenses themselves were very focals and it was like this painful amount of money until I realized I could claim on my contents insurance ah okay which I did. So, you know, apart from the excess of £50, I got these glasses paid for, which felt great. Mm. Now, just before Christmas, I spilled water into my laptop at home. Oh, God. So I had to go out and buy a new laptop. Mm. And here's the thing. I think I could probably also claim on that on the contents insurance. Right. But I'm too nervous to ring up in case they think it's some kind of scam. Oh. <laughs> That they think you're thinking, well, I got away with the glasses. I'm going to try something yes, else now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're just not going to do it? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm currently at a point where I'm more afraid of them thinking that I'm committing some kind of insurance fraud, even though I'm not. <laughs> um, and just swallowing the insane amount of money I've just had to pay for a new <laughs> laptop. Just in case it's one person good, thinks, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, it's just, I don't want to cross-examination. Right, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't handle it. I, have to, I often think that about if I was ever called to court to be a witness, mm. or even if I was innocent, I think I would just crumble under the cross-examination, no matter how <laughs> innocent I was. And you'd be saying to the, the defence one, yeah, okay, you're just right, you're right. Whatever you say is right. Yeah, or I think even if I was just sort of playing it with a straight bat and answering the questions honestly, something would seem untrustworthy about me. <laughs> they say, look at him, though. Look at those little hands. Look at the <laughs> beads of sweat forming on it. <laughs> look at his nervous little hands fidgeting. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I don't know why I mentioned that. Uh, I, I was going to mention Patreon. Uh, thank you to you if you support us on Patreon. If you don't, then uh, get ready. It's coming. The Tour de Snaresbrook is coming yes. in February. Yep, definitely, for sure, 100%. It's a, it's a lot like the Stone Roses' second album, isn't it, where people kept promising it's coming, it's coming. But they they got it done within five years. I think we will get it done within six months of first mentioning it. I know now that somebody who knows the podcast far better than we do, like Joseph Gorsi, is going to email in and say, actually, you first mentioned it in May of last year. But anyway, it's it's coming soon. The intention is there. The spirit is willing. I don't know about the flesh. That remains to be seen. Um, but, but support us on uh, uh, Patreon and you'll get access to all this stuff. It's patreon.com stroke adrift. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a situation which is it's almost a quandary corner question. Right. I was on a packed commuter train the other day. Mm-hmm. And at one of the stops, I was sitting down, and at one of the stops, two women get on. I think the mother and daughter. The mother, I would say, is in her 70s uh, and, you know, not looking great on it. So, in other words, a bit frail. Okay. And the daughter is in her 30s, I would say. Right. So when I see this woman get on, the, the mum that is, I stand up and offer her my seat. Right. And she, she's, you know, I feel like a hero. She's very grateful. She sits down in it. At the next stop, the person sitting next to the mother gets off and leaves and the daughter sits straight down. Okay. Do you not feel like by rights that is my seat? I do. I do, actually. I do feel that she sort of got, oh, she gave it up for my mum. He gave it up for my mum. I better give it back to him. It's his turn Exactly, again. exactly. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm so with you on this. I think you have to, like, like a barman, like in a bar, you have to keep an eye on whose turn is next. And you just have to, you have to be very aware of these things and be like, it's his turn to sit down now. Yeah, I shouldn't be standing up just because somebody feels like sitting with their mum. No, no, I agree. Oh, but like okay. maybe. Oh, what if they hadn't seen each other for ten years or something? Now, I, now I'm worrying. <laughs> I'm it, worrying it, didn't, that I'm it didn't. It didn't have that vibe. Okay, okay. well then you're in the right. 100. percent Yeah. Good. Uh, glad to hear it. Um, the other thing I was going to mention is: Have I told you about? There's a local supermarket where going in with the difference between going in on my own and going in with my son is like the difference between just going in as a regular person and going in as part of a celebrity's entourage. Really? Yeah, they just really love him in there. Whenever I go in with him, they all make a fuss. I think it's partly because of the curly hair, but there's one young woman in particular, Icky, who gets so excited. Ooh. That's not her real name, by the way, but it's what she tells him to call her. Oh, okay. I think her real name is something Turkish that he can't pronounce, so okay, he, okay. she just told him to call her Icky, and now I call her Icky, mm. and I feel bad if I'm ever in there on my own calling a sort of grown woman Icky, <laughs> yeah. but, but that aside, but she she just adores him, and if I go in on my own, she doesn't look pleased to see me, and she says, oh, where's Eugene, and, oh. you know, she just looks disappointed. Um, anyway, I was in there with him the other day, Icky's working on the till, and I'm making small talk with her. I say, oh, she's got a day off the next day. So I say, what are you going to do? She said, oh, planning for my wedding. And she says, I say, oh, that's, that's, that's great. When are you getting married? She says, April, you'll have to come. Oh, no. I said, no. no, no, no she no, says, no, yeah, no. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an invitation. No, no, no. I say, Icky, I say, Icky, that's so kind of you. I can't believe it. On the inside, I'm thinking, what? Uh, what am what? I going to do? Now... She also says, oh, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a big Turkish wedding. There's going to be loads of people there. I say, how many people are you inviting? And she says, about a thousand. (gasps) 
I mean, in a way, I'm not surprised. If she's, if she's inviting someone who she very, very occasionally sees in her shop, that's a lot of people going to that wedding. But maybe just sort of culturally, it's different. Like Indian weddings, yeah. I think, typically yeah, have yeah. hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people there. So my question is, if a thousand people are going to a wedding, Mm-mm. how much obligation am I under to go to that wedding? I think just send your son on his own for like five minutes. <laughs> She'll see him be Like Paddington Bear with a sign around his neck. Exactly. Saying, Please look after this boy, thank you. Exactly. And then and then he can go and then she'll see. Cause she's not going to be able to keep track of everyone, a thousand no. people. Yeah, yeah, I think you should do that. Yeah, you're fine. And it'll, it'll give us something to keep self-occupied on a wedding day as well, <laughs> having a three-year-old unattended. She'll love it. I feel like you've answered a couple of my quandaries there, Annabelle, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we should now answer the quandaries of the drifters in Quandary Corner on the road, by which I mean I'm still in my mother-in-law's house. Uh, who's the first one from? It's from Quartermaster Miranda. And what does, what does, the, what does QM say? She says, I have a toilet-based quandary that came about recently on an evening out with friends. I live in a small town in Surrey, which has a strong sense of community spirit. One of the events on the social calendar every six months or so is a charity comedy evening held at the local Scout Hut. These events are performed by up-and-coming comedians from the London circuit and raises much-needed cash to go towards building a new and improved Scout Hut. The current hut is old, decrepit, and I can only assume was built in an era when girls and women couldn't be involved in Scouts. This means that whilst there is a men's toilet which has two cubicles and a urinal, the ladies is one singular room with a toilet and a wash basin. I'm almost certain this, this has been converted from an old broom cupboard at some point in time. Both doors to the men's and ladies are next to each other in the entrance hallway of the hut. Every time there is a break between acts, the compare makes the same joke, something along the lines of, we'll have a 15-minute break now, which should give just about enough time for the ladies to queue for the one and only Lou. Ha ha ha. Every time, knowing nods and chuckles ensue around the room. Now we come to the crux of the matter, which is where I need your advice. At the last comedy evening, the first act had just finished and the compare announced it was time for a break. The usual joke about ladies queuing for the loo was made. Chuckles all round. But this time, we were told that there was a new rule. As well as the single ladies' toilet, the men's toilets would now become unisex. That meant that any brave women could choose to go into the men's to use the cubicles within. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not a brave woman and apparently quite a few others felt the same as me. When I went to the toilet during the break, I was faced with a choice. Either join the back of the long queue for the ladies or take my chances in the men's. I made my choice to join the queue with the other shy ladies. This wouldn't have been too bad, except that every time someone came out after having used the men's, they inevitably told the line of ladies that, oh, you don't need to queue, there are cubicles free. This was excruciating every time it happened because you had a whole line of socially awkward ladies making up reasons why they would much rather stand in a drafty hallway waiting for the one legitimately female toilet. Thank you very much. And also, those same ladies also felt obliged to make awkward conversation with each other about the length of the queue. All swaths avoiding eye contact with each other, obviously. Finally, to rub salt into the wound, occasionally there would be a nice, confident lady who would see the queue and decide to go into the men's, normally accompanied by a loud and proud exclamation. Oh, nope, doesn't bother me. I'll go into the men's. Knock, knock. Men, watch out. Lady incoming. Ha, ha, ha. This only, of course, highlighted and therefore increased the awkwardness of the queuing ladies. What was probably only five minutes felt like a lifetime as person after person helpfully told the dwindling queue of ladies, oh, there are cubicles in the men's if you prefer. 
So my question is, what should have been done in this situation? Bite the bullet and go into the men's where potentially even more awkwardness lurks? Cross your legs and hope for the best? Miss part of the act so you can duck out, safe from the knowledge there'll be no cue? And also, what about the awkward men of the audience? No one asked them if it was okay for us ladies to take over the toilet. What if they're shy or suffer from stage fright? How are they to go with the knowledge that a confident lady might burst into the toilet any minute? Any advice is much appreciated. I feel that in a way, this is one area of my life in which I am the least driftery. Uh, I was at a restaurant the other night with my wife and brother-in-law and his wife, and the toilets were gender neutral. And they were all having a conversation about, you know, what is or isn't uncomfortable about that. Sarah was saying that she likes, after she's been to the toilet, sort of, preening and primping herself in a mirror like doing a hair and makeup and she feels more self-conscious about doing that in a gender neutral toilet with sort of men coming and washing their hands and coming and going than she does with women uh my brother-in-law was saying he would find it difficult to make a bowel movement (laughs) if he knew there was a woman in the cubicle next to him but honestly yeah but but i i sort of don't care and i think this is one of those areas where it proves maybe i would fare better than you would imagine in prison because mm. i do think i would be able to go and just use a toilet for number one or number two in a cubicle with no door on it quite happily <gasps> yeah a number two with no door yeah in public I'm fine yeah I'm. I'm. I, I'm I, I actually went speechless. Then did you hear? I went speechless. I, I did hear. You, I did hear the the silence. But what? I'm not. I'm not saying that I, I would get a kick out of it. That's not the no, case. No. 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 I'm on. just saying I would be. I'd be capable of it. You just don't care. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and it could be men or women walking past seeing you. Yeah. Like I don't always love the urinal experience and I don't get stage fright but sometimes you know when you do it a week it can t- wherever you are if you're on your own it can take a while to get going and then oh. as I'm waiting for it to get going I become conscious that the men standing on either side of me might think I'm the type of guy who gets stage fright and then something about that then gives me stage fright but but that, that's my only sort of psychological issue in a toilet I'm very like I can go anywhere what about you? Wow. No. I mean, we know you can you can go in a gutter down a side street. <laughs> like, I we know once, that about you. I did once use a toilet without a door. In fact, I use a toilet once regularly in this bar I used to go to, which had um, saloon doors, so you could see the legs and the head, but not the middle bit. That's weird. That was that was extremely uncomfortable. You don't know where well, to you look. You working in the Wild West. <laughs> it was in Poland. Yeah. Um, I did once use a toilet without a door, but I felt very sure I wasn't going to get caught. Very, very sure. And it was just for a quick wee. And I was drunk. But um, I mean, I, I, I've almost forgotten what the question is now. <laughs> what was the question? Well, it's about this situation at this comedy night. Mm. You know, they've got all these people feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, usually with Quandry Corner, I find it extremely easy to empathise. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll admit I'm sort of struggling a bit here. And my advice to everybody in this situation is be more Jeff. Okay, well then I'm just going to leave it at that. But what do do you do? You have anything to add? Well, I, I I understand that awkwardness and not wanting to go into the men's, and I totally understand the awkwardness of other people going out but not wanting to say, "Oh, I don't want to go in there," because it's hard to articulate why you don't want to go in there. You don't. You sort of seem like you're prudish, but you're not. I think it's quite normal. I think I just think you need to have a quiet word with the compare and say, "Look, mate, can we just keep it how it was before? Why did you change it?" 
because it is awkward. Yeah, yeah. Tell tell the compare to tell people to hold it in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I've got it. Adult nappy. She didn't mention that. Adult nappy. I think I've, I think I've said adult nappy as a solution to one of these more than once now. <laughs> Do you know, no, I was in nappy. a chemist the other day and I saw some adult nappies and I don't have a problem yet with incontinence. And mm. I did think to myself, I wonder if I should give it a go. What if my life would be easier? <laughs> like imagine on a long flight, you wouldn't have to keep getting up. Yeah, yeah. It's worth considering. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is from Phil, who says, Like you, Jeff, I'm vegetarian, and I have a social dilemma that I'd like you and Annabelle to rule on. I've been invited around to a new friend's house during the day with some other people. We will be there from 11 onwards. There has been the briefest mention of food being provided, but it was all quite vague, and the word lunch has never been mentioned. There is no reason why my new friend would know I was vegetarian, so I am played with a dilemma of should I awkwardly mention it, even though they might just be planning to put some crisps and dips out and I look like I had high and lofty expectations of a three-course meal? Or should I assume that if they're planning a proper meal, they'd ask in advance of any dietary requirements? To put it more simply, when it comes to eating at other houses, is it the responsibility of the guest or the host to bring up the matter of vegetarianism, veganism, gluten-free, etc.? I think a good host will bring it up, but I think you know it, it should really. It's the responsibility of the person who is it's the deviant, by which I mean deviating from the norm. Yeah. Um, here's how I would phrase it: If I were you, mm. I would say, "Oh, sh- shall I bring some snacks along? You know, I'm, I'm vegetarian. And I don't like to be a pain in the ass." Ah, uh, brilliant, brilliant, yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah. Okay, and it's the responsibility really of the host. But if the host hasn't brought it up and they're, say, 48 hours to go, you might want to tactfully mention it. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Lovely. Okay, great. If you have a quandary that you would like us to get our teeth into, I think, you know, I'm not sure how good a job we did with those this week. And I do think I say that with some frequency, but we did, we, there was a definitive answer on that last one. We yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think we just dealt with it very efficiently mm-hmm, rather yes. than got into a whole discussion. But if you have a quandary that you would like us to, uh, to solve for you, a social situation in which you would need to know the rules, then you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Same number, uh, same number same uh, email address too if you want to send us a story thanks to man and the echo for the backing music and to emily harrison for the incidental music vince lynch and simon wilcox are our announcers patrick gunning and Babu plugged it all in uh carla cowlett took the photos kim rainey designed our artwork and i want to finish this week by saying oh going somewhere fancy This comes from Ian Hall, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Feels strange doing this, especially as this publication would be for myself. But after listening for a few weeks, I've, uh, I've learned that it's okay to send one for yourself. It is. Absolutely. It's normal. Yeah, and anything goes. Mm. The main reason it feels strange is because I normally stay in the background and not get involved. 
I go to improv and let other people shout ideas. And at comedy shows, I prefer to be about three rows back so as not to have an awkward moment. If the comedian tries to talk to me, I'm exactly the same, apart from I don't go to improv. I did sometimes think, I mean, it would it would be a very difficult thing for most drifters to do. Mm. But, in fact, it was while you were off, Carrie Ad Lloyd, who's done a lot of improv, uh, that's one of her things, really, was one of your stand-ins. Mm. And we were talking about how improv could really help with social awkwardness. Although I do feel like I'd sooner die than do it myself. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done any? Not since I was did drama at school, no. Right, right. Um I feel that one moment which sums up my shyness would be a story that my mum has told about me. Um, But I thankfully can't remember this myself. But in infant school, one day after school, my teacher ran to the gates to excitedly tell my mum that I had spoken that day. Oh, Oh, it's too sweet. It's too sweet. Uh, I came across a drift a few weeks ago, instantly knew it was for me as I can relate to social awkwardness in the stories and laugh at the people sending letters in. Although the best compliment I can give, since I'm not on iTunes, so I can't give it a review, is that I've even opened a Patreon account to subscribe to this. As a half Scottish, half Yorkshire man uh, who might live up to the stereotype, this seems big and I've even gone up as far as $2. That's wonderful. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Uh, I started typing this in the morning and have since thought of someone to podicate this to. Anyone who had to make a fast move to avoid walking into an automatic door, which turned out to be out of order. <laughs> and yes, that would include me. Oh, Ian. Uh, thank you. Carry on the work. So it says, Ian, Ian, great to have you. Thank you for that. Good to, uh, yes. good to hear you then. And, you know, if you fancy telling us about, about your improv experience, very mm. curious about mm. that, whether it's yeah. helped, helped with your drifting. Uh, and if you would like a publication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.